0: Rewatched, probably I, I don't even know how many times I've watched this but I re-watched uh, Buckaroo Banzai Adventures of Buckaroo <laughs> Banzai last night yeah what'd you think I love that movie it's one of my favorites um yeah
1: it's good that we start with this uh um because I have I watched it for the first time like last year oh really yeah I had never seen it before um I liked it OK. I don't see what people love about it. OK. well, and, <laughs> I mean Let Go is amazing. Christopher Lloyd is amazing in it, and I like Peter Weller just fine. just the plot. like I don't know, tell me what you like about it.
0: I will, but let's intro the show first. This is what the fork. Yeah, okay. I'm Jared. I'm Jason. Uh what the fork pod on Instagram and and Twitter and what the fork pod at gmail.com. Uh please rate review, subscribe. Uh recommend us to friends. Uh, donate. Yeah, you know, yeah, if you can donate or support it at uh, patreon.com forward slash hoot and waddle. Um and any, anything is appreciated. But uh I I have noticed that our listenership has has gone up recently so welcome new listeners and um if you stick around please recommend us to to other people and the best way to do that is by rating and reviewing us
1: and just so you know listeners um uh we don't um i mean right now we're kind of waiting for what the fork i mean what what we're waiting for the good place um, to start uh, season four drop on Netflix, which it happens at the end of the month. Um, so we're kind of filling in the interim right now with me and Mr. Duran here at LTD underscore engagement on the Twitter, drop the underscore like it's hot on the Instas. Um, like right now, we're just kind of shooing the shit because we watched 10 episodes of uploading and we hated it. And we did.
0: Yeah. We did indeed, Mister Jason E. Kyle on Instagram and Twitter, K E I L. <laughs> was was that organic enough? I don't know if that was organic oh enough. God. That's um, like
1: that's like take it. That's like the way I've always wanted to do. That's the way they've always wanted to do. Take it sleazy.
0: We did it. <laughs> <laughs> um. So, I, I there are actually a couple of good place things that I want to talk about. Um, but Buckaroo Banzai, so Adventures okay. of Buckaroo Banzai, and whatever it's really like, the whole title is really long. Um, but so that came out in 1984. Yep, I was, I was two years old. I, I didn't watch mm-hmm. it the year it came out, obviously. I watched it the first time I watched it was probably towards the end of the 80s, but I, I watched it pretty young, and mm-hmm. I remember actually being slightly, um, slightly frightened by the, the aliens. Um, yeah. they, they were just a, a, a little weird, but, but I love the movie overall and I would, I would come back to it time and again. You know, I, I actually think that I love it more now, uh, in my late thirties than I did as a, a, you know, as a young child. Um, I- and here's the thing, it is yeah. so ridiculous. It is yeah it's in it's just like the the fact that the main guy is a neurosurgeon slash um like particle physicist slash rock star <laughs> <laughs> I mean it's just and- it's so over the top, it's so campy I, you know and and there 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 are plot holes all over the place. Um, mm-hmm. uh, you know, but somehow it's just, it's magical in so many ways it, you know, just the, the ridiculousness of the Ellen Barkin character, you've got your Clancy Brown in there. Um, yeah. you know, you've got your Jeff Goldblum in, uh, in a cowboy outfit <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> who's, whose uh, you know, uh, character name when he, when he joins the, uh, the band, is uh is New Jersey um and yet he's a cowboy. <laughs> <laughs> um and then, you know, just also the terrible, terrible joke of of uh Christopher Lloyd's character being named Big Booty. Um and it's it's Big Bouté, Big Bouté.
1: <laughs> I think maybe that's it. And this is just something that I notice whenever I watch anything that I loved from the '80s that Kristen watches um, now, as a as a eight nine ten teenager, um, I, I you buy in. It's tied to nostalgia. You're you know it makes sense to you it, it it's wired in your brain like this was a crazy movie and then to watch it now you're not wired you know you're not tuned in as you were like 10 years ago or 20 years ago yeah um, so that's it I, um,
0: I get that it's so
1: weird from the 80s and the 90s that I just that I love and if anyone were to, like anyone looks at it now and and so just shakes your head and goes, God,
0: what <laughs> I, I get um, that to an extent though, but it's like, you know, there's you have um I, I don't know. So here here's the thing, right? You you in the in the seventies and eighties you had this top tier of your action-adventure-slash-sci-fi kind of film, right? You, you, you had your mm-hmm. Star Wars franchise. You had your Indiana Jones franchise. Uh, you know, I, I would put Close Encounters up there. You had your Back to the Future okay. franchise. Um, you know, so E.T. So, so you have that, like, upper echelon of that type of film, right? And then below that, is where some of those just diamonds in the rough, those hidden gems are. And you've got like your, your, your Buck Rogers stuff. And you've got, um, you've got Buck Rubon's and you've got like Lady Hawk. Um, <laughs> and, and, and things like that, that were just so, so of their time. Like I was actually thinking of Lady Hawk last night when I, because, um, Peter Weller to me, I mean, you know, he had he had Buckaroo Banzai, he had Robocop. Um, and then, you know, beyond that, he's he's in just a bunch of bad films. And then you have somebody, you know, I, I he to me had like a similar similar um trajectory though to like a Rutger Hauer, who oh, yeah. had, who was in Blade Runner. And and brilliant in that, and also then he was in in Lady Hawk, um, and I think great in that. But then, like, what else did he do? He did like a bunch of of terrible films. Um, and he was in Dark Knight or
1: Batman Begins.
0: Well, I mean, similar to uh, he had to, like a little bit. <laughs> it's kind of similar to Weller in that he had a a, a more a kind of like a renaissance almost cuz you'd mm-hmm. see Weller return in uh you know like uh he was in the was it the first or second Star Trek movie JJ Abrams did um He's in the second
1: one Into Darkness. Yeah.
0: So, you know, he kind of that everyone hates for some reason. I well, hate it. Uh you know, the reason that <sighs> there are parts of it that I like um mm-hmm. but you know, it was he was doing... Abrams was doing with Star Trek what he did with Star Wars, which is mm-hmm. that there was nothing really new to it. It was just retelling old stories at that point. Into Darkness is, a, I think, a bad retelling of The Wrath of Khan.
1: Yes, it is. I mean, it's not bad. It's just different. The reveal is like... it's It was the worst kept reveal. Um, and I think... I think it kind of you, you kind of got to see, not to get off on a JJ Abrams tangent, but you can you kind of see what he does, which he just ref, he reconfigures these things like your Star Wars and your Star Trek, and he turns them into like, or maybe it's the marketing, maybe it's him, but. He does it, like, as a shadow box, like, as a puzzle thing, and sometimes it works, and sometimes, like, with your loss. But technically, that's not him. He produced it. He directed the pilot, but he didn't have much control beyond that. Um, he did it with the Mission Impossibles, but, like, after that third one, like, he let everyone, like, it's... It's Cruz's baby. Um,
0: Well, I think those films got better after he left, actually. That third one is pretty good, but then I think they get much better after.
1: Yeah, because then Brad Bird takes over, and that whole movie, for two hours, is about them failing at everything. Yeah. Until the last 20 minutes, (laughs) when they win, (laughs) (laughs) Um, obviously. Um, and, And... and then it becomes, and then the the other two movies just become, I'm going to do some crazy shit like for everyone. Yeah. And but I think, but back to Abrams and then back to Weller, um, which um, by the way, uh, in your list of good Peter Weller movies, you completely forgot Naked Lunch. So, um, mm. um, fair point. Darn you. Um. But, um, like it's just, but to your point, like Star Trek, yes, it just reconfigures things. And I think he just knows, like, the type of people he hires, like, for these things that interest him. And I assume I've never seen Fringe, but I know he didn't write any of that.
0: Oh, Fringe is great. Um, I actually recommend Fringe.
1: Yeah. He didn't, like, he just produced it. I'm sure he had some hand in directing and creative direction, but like, that's like, he doesn't write these things. He gets other people to write them. Mm. Um, like, and he lets them go so he can do yours. So he can screw up Star Trek and Star Wars. (laughs) Um, And then I think what happened is, is when with Star Wars, um, like everyone, like force awakens it, It's like, well, I'll set these pieces in play and then all the other people take over. Well, he gave it, um, and then with Last Shy, he gave it to someone who actually wanted to actually mix things up (laughs) and did successfully.
0: I I agree with that. I I think we've had that discussion a little bit before. I I, I don't want to
1: rehash this for other people again. Well, no. I don't want to to get into Last Shy argument. I know you and I are, are on the same thing but
0: oh, I hope so i I think that the last Jedi yeah. and you know come at me commenters um yeah. but I think the last yeah. Jedi is the best of the of the of the new trilogy
1: yeah, so when he got right when he had to take back rise of Skywalker from well it was going to be Colin Trevorrow, um who's gonna originally supposed to do it and I heard just some amazing things about outside of like what um, Daisy Ridley revealed this week about um, her origin being a Kenobi. Oh, um, um, I mean, but still, like, it's just these were some. He had some like interesting ideas for it, but for one reason or another, he was taken off the project, and then Abrams had to. I was like, oh crap, what do I do? Like someone with actual initiative and creativity did this thing for, you know, uh, took me out of my comfort zone, I'd have to bring it back. <laughs> right. And I'm pretty sure the corporate bean counters kind of thought that, too. And um, and that's kind of why Rise of
0: Skywalker
1: is just kind of... Uh, um,
0: I, I actually... There, it, it has some moments, but I, 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 I kind of hate that movie.
1: I just... I just remember, and I'm sure I've said this again on the show, but I'll just say it again. I just remember I saw it, got to see it like two days before it came out. I remember just walking out and I walked over to someone who I knew who watched it with me, who watched it too. And we just shook our heads and just were like, I have never seen anything, a any movie try so hard to please so many people.
0: <laughs> and fail. Just,
1: yeah and fail like that's the thing is like it's like it's like the it's um it's like watching sean astin it's like it's the cinematic equivalent of sean astin being rudy Mm. like he tries so hard to get on the team and then eventually at some point he does and you feel really good but it's like um but at this point it's like it's not Sean Aston, it's like Vince Vaughn <laughs> <laughs> And you don't and you don't feel good about it at all. Yeah. <laughs> you, you and you kind, kind of, of
0: wonder, why are you doing this to me? <laughs> <laughs>
1: like, why? Why did we do this? Like what? <laughs> So it's just um but um yeah, um so and going back to Pierre Weller and Buckaroo Banzai, where we started this um, thing, was that Danny elfman oingo Boingo joint, too?
0: No, it Maybe was not. Okay. Uh, but you and, know what? I didn't... I This was the first time I noticed this. There's a credit in this film to the um, like sound design, soundscape being credited to Bones Howe. Do you know who Bones Howe is?
1: Didn't he do... You're going to tell... I'm going to, I'm going to screw up. But I, I've heard the name.
0: So Bones Howe is the person who produced the Asylum Years of Tom Waits.
1: Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah.
0: So all the 70s stuff produced by Bones Howe. And um, so that was kind of like, whoa. Like, you know, that's a totally... Especially considering that that Tom Waits says that Bones Howe was kind of responsible for him feeling like he didn't get to, you know, be as experimental as he wanted to in those early years.
1: But that's why he just started collaborating with Kathleen, and he got to be, and moved to Ireland, because then he could be, he could do Rain Dogs, and he could do experimental, and then, when he went to Ante, he got even weirder.
0: Yeah. I so. mean, so, um, and I, you know what there, some of my favorite Waits albums are from the seventies. I think that the, the work that, you know, like the, um, basically I think from Nighthawks at the Earth through, uh, Blue Valentines, um, mm-hmm. are, are like masterful records. Small Change is brilliant. Um, you know, that, that foreign affairs, uh, had, uh, that great duet with him and Bette Midler on it. Um, Mm -hmm. you know, and then, um, I think heart attack and vine is kind of hit or miss. And the first two albums have some great stuff on it, but it's definitely him kind of like finding his, his sound. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's, um, I don't even know where I was going with that. I went on a whole Tom weights tangent. So but you're talking
1: about Bones Howe and talk about Bucky Bonsai.
0: Oh yeah. Well, so yeah. it's just kind of interesting to me that he was, you know, so uh you, you know, I don't know. It made me it made me interested in in seeing what else Bones Howe has really done because doing a soundscape for a, a sci-fi film is kind of uh, a a left field thing to me from somebody who who produced the you know the hobo jazz period of tom waits
1: and maybe it's just i don't know maybe i just wasn't tuned in to what the frequency that is buckaroo bonsai but there's been a few other times where i to, maybe this is to my point more than it's to your point but i as everyone knows that everyone who follows music knows or, or like it's almost famous, it's the 20th anniversary of almost famous, right? Which, as a music, as someone who loves music, um, that was the movie that got me that said to me, I this is what I want to do for a living. Um, and for a year, I got to, <laughs> <laughs> um, and but, um, it's funny. So stereo gum did this, like someone who's never seen almost famous, um, like watches it for the first time. And it's funny to see, like, I like this movie and people say, like, I like this movie. I see what people like about, it. but this movie is like the, 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 the leaps that it takes or the, the, the story of leaps that it takes, um, does, um, really is, um, extreme, like not good. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, so much like, um, I mean, just, um, and then even to, I think Vulture had a story yesterday with, um, oh, Pamela DeBars, um, of who Penny Lane is based off of. Um, and both her and this article remark on the fact that Penny Lane, played by Kate Hudson, um, she gets traded to Humble Pie for 20 bucks and a thing of Heineken. Yeah. Um, and her first inclination is to take a bunch of lewds and to OD on lewds. Um, whereas DeBar said Says like, like who does that? Like, (laughs) right? Like, I would have done that. I would have just gone from like, I would have just gone to another band, and like, um, it's just these things that Cameron Crowe has concocted that poke holes in what I think is just this perfect movie, (laughs) and maybe it just needs to be. Of course, it's rather sexist, and um, yeah. Uh, well, I mean, as well, I'm not, you know, you know, um, sexist in things aside, um, like they're kind of poke holes in the script that I, uh, that I have an autographed copy of. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and I'm like going, God damn. <laughs> it's, it's hard. It's, you know, when you have something that you have such an affection for it's it's hard for to to hear it get torn down by somebody else Mm -hmm. like
1: and it's um and i get where um i get where pamela is coming from definitely she lived that life um and i i bet you if you talk to um Rolling Stone, like it's funny too, is I watched the Cream documentary this week too, um, which I and mean, just kind of pokes holes like at. Um, I mean, it definitely takes um, Cream, definitely takes um, Lester Bangs down a notch. In fact, probably about five notches. Um, he he they don't paint him in a, in a glowing light, like Crow does. But, I suppose 14-year-old Cameron Crow thought Lester Bangs was, like, king shit, you know, at the time. Sure. Um, it's just funny just to see, like, someone who's half my age take a look, take a look at this thing that I put on a pedestal and take it down. And, with very valid and and very valid points. Um, I mean, I'm still going to love that movie. It's still the movie that, you know, shaped who I, the direction I kind of went in my life. Um, But is it this sexist, unbelievable movie? Definitely. (laughs) (laughs) Um. It has well, and I mean, it did win an Oscar. So yeah. I mean, it won an Oscar, and maybe, and the other thing too is maybe um, there is like four cuts of this movie. Um, the untitled cut um, is rather stunning. Um, uh, so maybe they didn't watch that part too, where these these little nooks and crannies that they do. Um, of course, and everyone did remark that Mark Kozalek uh, does make a comment about cheerleaders uh, <laughs> being in high school, um, given the allegations against him now, uh, that line does not age well.
0: <laughs> there are allegations um, against Mark Kozalek now
1: yeah he's um yeah he's been accused of um, being kind of like right Adams. Um, oh really? Yeah. So um
0: I can't say that I'm terribly surprised.
1: No. It, I mean when it came out, um Ems didn't surprise me. I, I mean did a little bit. I mean he's a drunk and he's not a good person he says mean things about people. But it kinda surprised me a little bit when people were accusing him of things unsavory things and when but when like got accused um i was not surprised in the least um he's just um and they get pre-detailed uh it was in pitchfork
0: changing gears excellent <laughs> because we were talking about new music um I, with the announcement of the new Springsteen album.
1: Yeah. I knew this would come up.
0: (laughs) Well, can we just reflect for a moment on this? On with how much of a shit show this year has been, how great a year has it been for music? Mm hmm. I mean, and like everybody who, you know, there's there's a new Bob Dylan album this year. You know mm-hmm. there's a new Fiona album, Fiona uh, Apple album this year.
1: And man, I've listened to that more and more, and
0: I just love it. It's so good. Oh, much. There's there's a forthcoming uh, uh, Elvis Costello. Yep. There's a forthcoming Springsteen. Mm-hmm. There is a forthcoming retros, you know, uh, deluxe, uh, project of wildflowers, my favorite Tom Petty album. Yep. There's, uh, you know, uh, archival version of, of, uh, to meet me coming out. Um, mm-hmm. and, uh, reissue of, of summer teeth. And yeah, it's, there's just you know, and, and not to mention there there have been just amazing albums put out this year too from from like Phoebe Bridgers, from um, uh, I, I'm, I'm, I'm sure' I'm, I'm leaving names out. but I, I, it's just, I, will, I,
1: will, I will bring up to uh, for your, um, for your benefit and for the benefit of our listeners that Taylor Swift made an album this year. In quarantine, that Mark Maron loves, <laughs> and that, my friends, says something about this year. I not to I, mention the fact, not to mention the fact that, um, that we're um, Lady Gaga. Um, I know. Um, pop. Yes, I know, but she put out an album this year that is really damn good. Um, And as much as um, it befells me that someone like Travis Scott is now um, a spokesman for McDonald's, um, pop music this year um, has really just quarantined or not um, and it's just really just
0: done like
1: it's not. It's really good. <laughs> like,
0: yeah. I mean, it's, it's it's been a banner music year. There's also a great new yeah. Bill Callahan record that I left out.
1: Um, yeah, and I, I listened to that too, and it was uh, this week and a little bit, and it's amazing. Um, like it's just um, and that, again, like the uh, feel you elbow know, album, album it was amazing and like and just it's what i needed <laughs> like where i, didn't know that I needed it
0: i um, i think that in a way that um that no other artistic medium has this year uh music has really responded well to uh all the shit mm-hmm. yeah um, i think that films have disappointed for the most part i think that television has been kind of a disappointment um, did you see, I've been seeing advertisements for, um, like, a new, I think it's like a new NBC show that's about relationships during COVID. It's like... Oh,
1: I don't think it's an NBC show, but I've heard about this show. Um, And, yeah, it just doesn't seem... There's been a few like COVID shows, original COVID shows, in addition to like your Parks and Rec like, reunions and such, mm-hmm. um, and I just don't get. It. And I know everyone's worried about the thing that were the thing that kind of surprises me is that, um, people are afraid like we're gonna run out of shit to watch. Well, guess what? I still haven't watched Tiger King yet. And I've got plenty of other crap that I'm not, you know, I, I haven't wanna share either.
0: I am not yeah, I'm not gonna watch that. But there is there is so much stuff. We're at a, a content uh peak.
1: Yeah, like like, like I, I keep hearing people like, oh we're gonna run this shit to watch. And I'm thinking to myself, There's so much shit I haven't watched yet. Like, let me catch up, man. Like, <laughs> um and I, I even saw that like, um, and I got. I mean, I'll be honest. Like after I I finished watching Cobra Kai this week, and I got, I got a little desperate. Like, what? Well, like half an hour thing? Am I going to watch like Kill Time?
0: AP and Bio.
1: I well, that's what I'm going to probably end up doing. But I got desperate. i thinking, where's Mad about you streaming? <laughs> <laughs> um and it's not streaming anywhere
0: <laughs> it's it it got bought like the it's not streaming anywhere right now because except unless you have like a particular cable company yeah um spectrum so, or something
1: so i like thought like oh i'll, I'll launch map i you so i can Continue to say with confidence how what a horrible show it is.
0: Oh, and see, I, I was thinking you would be watching it so that you could realize what a, a great uh masterpiece it is.
1: Well, and then if, and if that were the case, I would gladly like say that to you know, I would gladly say that you were right, I was wrong, but I don't have the opportunity. This is um, true, it's either here nor there, but like even networks like CBS and Fox, they're, like, buying these shows yeah. like Fred, and they're repurposing them for um, repurposing them for um, network TV. There's, I think, that, that those people who bought the Mad About You reboot made a show in, um, called LA's Finest, um, which is about Maren Lawrence's like sister in Bad Boys Two, and her misadventures in L.A. And I know what you're thinking, Bad Boys Two, Jason. I'm like the greatest action film of the 2000s. <laughs> <laughs> I said yes, Jared.
0: <laughs> it's funny that question didn't even pop into my head. Um...
1: <laughs> Whenever I think about Bad Boys Two. I think of the scene in um, Hot Fuzz where Nick Frost goes to Simon Pagan and says, um, which, uh, which one, uh, Point Break or Bad Boys 2? <laughs> <laughs> and, and he says, which one do I prefer? And I said, no, which one do you want to watch first? <laughs> 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 and then after it's, and it's at that point in the movie... Where the movie devolves or um, or celebrates um, these you know these movies mm-hmm. uh, these quick cut um Michael bay movies that um I kind of love for some reason and you hate hate with is, a passion
0: yeah
1: which is and again I, I'm not gonna make fun of you for that because you're not wrong um
0: well whether,
1: I don't know. Um, there, there but, is. Um, but I mean, like, like there are these. But to your point, like, I guess that Mad About You reboot that no one wanted, hey, would be a perfect thing. That no network wanted. <laughs> um, would they could replay like on NBC on a Thursday night, you know? Yeah,
0: and,
1: and I'd watch it probably actually, and they'd put it on Hulu and. I might say, maybe I'll, maybe it's time. Maybe <laughs> I, maybe I finally listened to Jared, and I watched Mad About You, and then that was a fun half an hour, <laughs> um, or not. So, I don't know. I just, people just need to just calm down. Maybe we just get to catch up.
0: Speaking of maybe, catching up, yeah. Um, let's 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 do some. Uh, th- I I have, you know, in my depressive state on the couch here, I have watched a lot of shit recently.
1: Mm-hmm. Tell me more.
0: Um, so, because again,
1: I'm looking for some, so uh, to, to to set this up to give you purpose in what you're about to say.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I have finished Cobra Kai. I have finished, holy moly, the greatest extreme mini-golf show ever. (laughs) It's over. And I need something. Well, Um, I
0: think, I'll I'll get to this in a sec, but I think that you didn't do the homework that you said you were going to do, which was uh, watching that Eugene Merman doc.
1: I didn't. I didn't. Because I I watched the Cream Magazine documentary
0: mm Hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I see where your priorities are. Um, yeah.
1: I, I'm sorry. I um. I I wanted to write. I'm sorry. I wanted to watch this documentary about my my, uh, the profession that is quickly collapsing
0: uh, around. <laughs> about- well. Okay. So, I'm sure you've seen the ads for it. Brand new Hulu show that I think is pretty fantastic. Uh, and I binged the entire first season the day it came out. Woke. Okay, is it good? Uh, I really liked <laughs> it. It had it had um, I think it had a little trouble getting going, but mm-hmm. the last few episodes are like just it they're truly fantastic. And I think that this is um, social satire done really well. Um, okay. And it's a perspective that we really don't see very often. Um, mm-hmm. And I didn't realize it was. It's based on a true story too. Um, mm-hmm. The the it's um, I'm kind of remember his name, but it's the guy who plays Winston in That Girl.
1: Um, I know to whom, I know the actor to whom you what you refer, um, but I cannot think of his name right now. But, I but he's
0: he's brilliant in it. Even as the show like gets going um he's he's fantastic in it uh and it, it you know it's 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 obviously i i was skeptical of it from uh okay is this capitalizing on um on what's going on and and that can go you know one of two ways it's either going to be um something that does not speak well to it or excels it at kind of speaking to problems of, of racism and, and, uh, police brutality and all of that. And I think that it does, that it falls onto the side of doing it really well. Um, and you know, there are also, in addition to being about, um, race and the and uh and police practices and you know it also throw in there um it being a commentary on the art world uh on Mm -hmm. struggling to survive in a city like san francisco um on on uh uh you know also bringing in other like um like gender dynamics and uh You know, it it takes a lot of things to task, and I think has a lot of interesting things to say, while being funny and entertaining. Um, So I I highly recommend that. And Um, it's only eight episodes, and they're roughly twenty five minute episodes. So
1: would you compare it to say? I I haven't seen it, so maybe this isn't the proper comparison. I haven't seen it yet. I should say, is this similar in the tone of Sorry to bother you? Like a you know, boots
0: Riley type. You know, thing. that's interesting because I just Is recently it? rewatched that uh as well. Mm-hmm. And it's not yes and no. Um okay. in that it 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 does, I think, uh an equally good job of, of commentary. Um but sorry to bother you was also very you know it was a hyper reality it was very much um you know fantasy elements involved in there too and outlandish things and even though that there is some part of woke that um you know that that plays with um you know like some of the you know i'm sure you've seen in the ads some of the items uh are um, talking to him and, and that sort of thing. And, but it's actually ends up being, you know, it's, it's, um, it's more of a commentary on uh, mental illness too. Okay. Um, and I, I think more grounded in realism, even as it has some fantastic tendencies to it. It's, it's, it's much more grounded. Um and still manages to be funny. And and, um but I get what you're saying, and I I would say it's in that kind of movement of storytelling. Mm -hmm. Um I'm also up to date on the new season of The Boys. I think so I think
1: that's a, a choice I'm going to um I'm going to make that as well. That's something I think I need to see.
0: Um, I, I, I understand.
1: I Joel. He's heavily on the soundtrack.
0: He is. <laughs> um, and that's, I was going to say, that's not the only reason I like it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but there, there is a lot of, 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 uh, of, of Billy Joel music in there. Um, but I like what they're they're doing with, you know, if anybody is interested in watching it because of the superhero angle, then they're watching it for the wrong reason. Right. Um, I'd buy it with
1: social commentary.
0: Yeah, I think that this is actually a good show for people who have superhero fatigue. Um, okay. Because it, you know... I I, I can't spoil any of it for you, but um, I mean, and I know it's, it's based on, on a, a, you know, critically acclaimed underground or at least independent comic series um, by Garth Ennis, which I haven't read, but um, you know, it's, it's almost like, You know, you know how in the beginning of, um, I forget, it's, I think it's Spider Man. Um, which one is the one that has Michael Keaton in it? Is it Homecoming or Far from Home? Homecoming. Homecoming. So you know how they take a moment in that to kind of look at the aftermath of the superheroes. Yeah.
1: This. Well, that's Far from Home. Or it's the after, or it it's the takes place after the events of Endgame.
0: Well, no, I'm thinking Endgame. of I'm thinking of specifically like the scene of Michael Keaton and the 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 crew that's like cleaning up after. Um. Oh yeah, yeah. Because it's kind of a flashback. I think the flashback is like after the Age of Ultron. Um,
1: yeah, cleaning up after the events of New York.
0: Yeah. Exactly and this is this kind of takes that to an entirely different level um and it doesn't it instead of of treating you know the superheroes as the good guys it's like okay there's all of this collateral damage and it looks at it as a marketing machine um and uh you know it's it is it, it it's an incredible commentary, I think on, um, the evil forces of capitalism. Mm
1: -hmm. I would, um, that speaks to, I didn't realize that the boys was a, um, Seth Rogen, Evan Goldberg joint until a few months ago when I listened to him on Marin, um, plugging American pickle. Mm -hmm. And, I think what people forget about um, Seth Rogen, Evan Goldberg joints is that um, despite how crude they seem on the outside, on the inside, they're very, um, they have a lot to say, profound things to say. it's amazing, um, it's amazing for a song, for a movie with, um, a orgy with hot dogs and donuts, <laughs> Sausage Party has a lot to say, um, about the world, um, and that's kind of what I dig about the boys, or, or we want, That's why I'm kind of hoping from the boys, um, you know, another movie um, that kind of takes like a skewer of this too. I'm going back to action movies, and Michael Keaton um, is the other guy's. Have you heard? Have you seen this movie?
0: Uh, I have not finished it. I started watching it because you know my uh, how much I, I love Mark Wahlberg. Um, <laughs> yes,
1: I know how much you love Will Ferrell. <laughs> yeah. Um,
0: it's it's but, hit or um, miss with both of those guys for me.
1: I'm kind of thinking about it because I just watched um, Hobbs and Shaw. <laughs> um, oh yeah, um, which is ridiculous. Dear God, <laughs> it's ridiculous. I've completely for all I remember is that I watched it. I couldn't tell you anything remotely like I and I've completely forgotten about it. It's like Will Smith came in with a neuralizer and made me forget that I watched this movie for two and a half hours. <laughs> and, it's not like, and that doesn't say anything about it, it, the quality of the movie. It just it, nothing. It just means it's not memorable. It's ridiculous. I remember that was ridiculous. I remember that it had Jason Statham and um, doing the Rock Johnson in it, but what i like about the other guys it made me think about the other guys and the fact that it also serves dwayne the rock johnson but it also talks about like the collateral damage of what these two cops um, yeah go
0: the hero type cops
1: the, the hero type cops the collateral damage that they do and how what real cop work is is looking at financial records
0: right <laughs>
1: and, Gang them on tax evasion, <laughs> like, and um, and you to a point, hot fuzz. Like that's what this is about. It's about paperwork. Like that's what cops do. <laughs> um, when and not to get get about cops because that's you know, like, but that's like to catch people like these what real like what cops do is like in real life i mean dust cops do it's what the dust jockeys do mm-hmm. they get on tax evasion i'm trying to be careful here because um uh, you know it's not about going down to, you know because i'm not referring to like what B cops are doing Or what you see in the news, but like that's kind of what the other guys is about, to humorous effect. That it's about, um, you know, getting people like on paperwork, and it's not gunfights and what you see in the movies. Though it does eventually go to that. Um, So, um, well,
0: I I I think so. Um, I mean, and, and the boys is really nothing like that. I, 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 I think that it's interesting that, that outside of all of the action and outside of all the grittiness and everything, it's actually really nuanced social commentary. Um, yeah. so I'd, I'd recommend it for that. Now, that's what i like about.
1: You know, Evan Goldberg and Seth Rogen joints is like,
0: it's interesting because you think of Seth Rogen, you don't think that he's that deep. Um, yeah. But but you know he it does it does turn out that he has a lot of uh interesting things to say and a lot of care about how it's it's put out there. Um
1: he he really cares about why he what his name is on and that it says something profound.
0: Yeah. Agreed. Now wrapping things up here cuz I hear you have a crying baby in the background too. Um <laughs> I think yeah
1: well I think the crying has stopped itself. <laughs> so, but for, um for those who are listening, it's a Saturday afternoon and um my kids have stopped napping.
0: <laughs> now um I have also in my in my spare time started rewatching uh The Good Place. Yeah. Um and it's my goal to to get through um through all of it before season four drops in a couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. Um and rewatching it now after having watched upload there's mm. just there's no comparison <laughs> i mean yeah. the good place is just so much better like everything that we were talking about how wrong upload got things the good place gets right
1: yeah
0: um it's like you know and i've seen the the first season i've probably seen all the way through at least 3 times now this is probably my 4th time watching it and i love it just as much and it's you know and i'm trying to look for i'm trying to pay attention and look for like little easter eggs and things of of what was to come and it's just uh it's it's just it's it's almost like too much fun to pay attention to that um okay. but i thought that um again i was struck by how much um so I, I I think I'll send you the link to this article and then I think we can talk about it more next time. Um, mm-hmm. But I was, again, noticing how um, much the music of The Good Place reminds me of, of um, John Bryan. and yeah. And especially like the music he did for I Heart Huckabees. Um and so I, I, just I was like, okay, I'm looking this up. I'm going to figure this out, right? So it's um, the music is done by a guy named David Schwartz, and I think it's pretty interesting. Uh, I haven't read the article yet. I'll send, like I said, I'll send it to you so we can talk about it next time. But he also did the music for Veep, um, Arrested Development, and Northern Exposure.
1: Oh, <laughs> that checks.
0: Um. I
1: get the um I get the rest of development.
0: But uh Northern Exposure too. Um Oh okay. And oh, that's
1: a show I haven't thought
0: about I th- at all. I I haven't seen that since it was on probably. Um but I think it would be an interesting discussion next time to talk about how um how much the music of these shows kind of contributes to um or enhances the visual aspects of it, and to really give it um to to give it the the overall like kind of feeling of the of the show
1: okay um there are two other things that you neglected to bring up that I'll bring up now oh okay um one is uh the correction from uh last week's episode um where we said that jerry harrison not jerry harrison but chris
0: oh france. yeah well yeah that. you said that you yeah. almost said that last time too you said jerry you started to say jerry harrison first um chris yeah, yeah chris france did not meet damon albarn in 1977 it was like 1989 was uh uh yeah um and what's the other thing but
1: it, yeah um that i i believe you informed me that this is our 69th. oh episode. yeah
0: that's right. How have we not been talking about this the entire episode? This <laughs> is. How
1: have we not been talking about this?
0: <laughs> this is episode sixty nine. Number. <laughs> am I is it the, am I the only person that was like, oh, it's the 69th episode? All right. <laughs> <laughs> like,
1: and I want to make it clear: you're the one who thought of this, and I am the one who thought. Well, that's also because you're the man who, who uh, you know, who does all the technical stuff and
0: and keeps track of and posts it and everything. Yeah, Um,
1: and does like and I'm just the I'm just the guy that is your foil. (laughs) (laughs) I
0: I I know it's a ridiculous thing, but it's 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 still fun. You got to take the joy where you can, right? And sometimes it's
1: the. Speaking of which, have you watched uh, Bill and then you Bill and Ted yet?
0: No, because I would have to pay for it.
1: Okay, um, I gotta figure out a way that you can like borrow it or something. And what is it? Is it I, like?
0: Is it? How much did you pay for it?
1: Twenty five bucks to own it, but it's twenty bucks to rent it.
0: Twenty, um, but you don't own a physical copy, right? It's just a download or something. No, it's,
1: it's in, I own. I own the cloud. It's it's in the cloud. Um, but I can watch it now as much as I want. I can. I have. Access to special features like I would a DVD. Um,
0: I don't know, it's, man. It's,
1: it's, it's, I have the equivalent. It's the equivalent of what a physical copy is. I, um, I, because I for five bucks more, I, I might as well own it and instead of buying it on DVD when it comes out.
0: I don't own any digital copies of movies unless they came with the, the Blu ray I bought. Yeah. Um, and like if they would, if it was like, Eight nine bucks to to rent it or something, I would do that. But well, that's why I rented the
1: Cream Dock. is because it was five bucks to watch. Um, and I'll tell you my biggest problem with the Cream Dock, more than anything, is that um, there's a point in Cream Magazine or Cream Magazine for real Creams Magazine started in downtown Detroit. Um, and then you know, it got pre things got pretty bad in the early seventies in Detroit. I mean they're already pretty bad, but they got worse. So they moved to like the the publisher's house and a very northern suburb of Detroit. Um, and then they went back to closer to Birmingham, Michigan, um, which is now like, which is the equivalent of Scottsdale um, for Phoenicians. And they're thinking, talking about like, oh gosh, we got back to life, we got back to roots and everything. And I'm thinking to myself, no, <laughs> you did. You, you, you got sick of hanging out in Cave Creek, uh, going with Phoenician, you know, equivalents here, and you thought, "Oh, I'll just move back to Scotts. I'll move to Scottsdale." <laughs> like
0: it's not it's, like being in downtown Phoenix.
1: It's not being in downtown. Phoenix. Yeah, like, um, it's nothing at like, it's nothing at all. And that was my biggest problem with was like, you think that suburban northern than a northern suburban Detroit is like civilization again. And to a degree you're maybe right. And of course you all were there. But I'm thinking to myself, no, like like even I know as someone who grew up in a suburb of Detroit. If you don't say, you know, it's cool to say that you you know, you're from Detroit, but you gotta somehow make the difference that you make the distinction that you grew up in either I didn't grow up in Detroit proper. Um, but I, w- I was close enough to the action. <laughs> sure. Um, um, so I don't know. I just, I had a real problem with that part of it, but, and they keep interviewing Chad Smith, who is the drummer of everybody's favorite band there were Hot Chili Peppers. Yes. <laughs> how, he, how he was reading Cream Magazine and he realized it was five mile. He was living in Bloomfield Hills, which is an even more rootsier part of um, of the suburbs. And he rode his bike five miles down to Birmingham and he saw, I think, Alice Cooper walking out of the office <laughs> of Cream Magazine and it just blew his mind. And all that's that's a really cool story, but it does make me take pause of how I feel about the red hot chili peppers now. Does it? <laughs> yeah. Just cause Bloomfield Hills is just such a witty part. Like it's so white. <laughs> <laughs> um, I just, I used to do like landsca- one summer I did landscaping with this guy that I knew. And I was, like, down the street from Mike Illich's house, who was who's the owner of um, Little Caesars and the Red Wings and the Tigers. And just, it's such a different world than what, I'm, what I was used to and what I'm used to now. And just, sure, everyone's perfectly good people, but <laughs> it's just, yeah, you know, I just have a problem with that. <laughs> so, but anyway, that's my problem with the Green Dock. Other than it could have gone really deeper into everyone what it was about and it just. Didn't.
0: <laughs> it sounds like you would have had a better time good. watching the Eugene Merman documentary.
1: Well, that's what I'll do tonight, Jared. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay. <laughs> All I'm saying I mean, is... It sure beat... I'll tell you what. It sure beat what...
1: I was, I was. It sure beat what the alternative was, which was thank goodness I found out that Mad About You was not streaming anywhere.
0: Oh, for crying out loud. Um, or
1: I wouldn't have to pay money for it. Um, because that could have been... not just would have been worse. I mean, at least my money went to something I know I mildly enjoyed.
0: (laughs) Whatever, man. Sticks and stones. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Anything else you want to go out on?
1: And and, uh, we've been cleaning the house, and uh, Kristen uh, was going through some DVDs, and she picked up one and said, "Um, Is this yours or is this Jared's? It was that copy of Diner that you'll never get back now.
0: Yeah, yeah, thanks.
1: Of course, everybody. It's Jared's. <laughs> of course, it's Jared. It's got Paul Reiser on it. Of course, it's
0: Jared's. <laughs> Paul Reiser is great in that film. No, and I know. And but that's not I, the I, reason I, that I, I think... love that film. Dinah is just I a I great film.
1: I know. And, and I do have to make clear, too, that my problem with like, I don't have, I have no problem with Paul Reiser other than I don't like that about you.
0: And I still don't know why. Cause it's such a good show. And that's what you keep telling me. <laughs> but,
1: <laughs> but, um, like I, when the, the, I mean, just remember watching it again. Like I, I've seen it. I, back, you know, as it was in the 90s and I just never clashed onto it like I did Seinfeld, like I did um, like I did um, even, I liked Friends even at that point Um, I mean, like suddenly Susan joking (laughs) 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 Um, uh, and I'm joking of course, but um, I but I um, I just re- And again I, I distinctly remember There was this episode Where Paul Reiser is having a dream Or is in virtual reality with Krista Brinkley mm-hmm. And he keeps using The lyrics from Ostie To like woo her <laughs> <laughs> And And thinking this is Not funny um, At all
0: Um, But you're not even remembering uh, the best parts of that episode So whatever, it's fine I'll tell you what man I'll tell you what He who listens to Glass Houses Says it's still rock and roll to me Um (laughs) You know I'll um
1: I'll um uh, I, I have this joke about That I tell Whenever anyone tells me they hate Billy Joel Um I um, I always say something like, uh, you know, or no, it's um, a wise man once said that uh, you're only human. That man was <laughs> dull, and he would know because he didn't start the fire. <laughs> oh no, it's um, I mean, the joke is still there. It's um, someone, it's like. Someone said that uh, you'll learn more from your mistakes than you'll learn from any book you ever got in school and, and the joke is still from the song is still and that man was Billy Joel, and again, I screwed it up so
0: that's fine <laughs> it's just it's even more reason for you to catch up on the boys so that you can you can see what the the most recent part of that is now
1: yeah when you... I use that joke someone no mentioned um, on Twitter um, that why they use so much Billy Joel music in the boys and of course like I of course because Billy Joel didn't start the fire dude <laughs> like um, <laughs> um, I, I do want to add one more thing um, in adjacent to what we talked about last week I've been listening to today to Martin short and Mark Marin interview
0: Oh I like that interview.
1: I, I do too, and it makes me not want to listen to the Conan one. <laughs> it's just so I, the fact that Steve Martin even decided to tweet about it that interview—that's
0: true—and
1: <laughs> as opposed to the Conan one. <laughs> like,
0: when I thought I thought Mark Marin's response to that was pretty funny. The uh, you know thanks thanks Steve you know anytime you want to talk we can yeah we can we can alternate banjo comedy banjo. <laughs>
1: I I haven't listened to his I haven't listened to the one that came out on Monday yet, the one, the Labor Day one but I gotta say that um, he's been his frustration and his sanity through all this has just been
0: That's something that I keep going back to yeah, um,
1: I. It's it's, I it's a. He, he it, it's. And I'm trying. I'm just thinking of it right now. Just it, putting it away, or it just. It doesn't make me feel better, but it's nice to know that. He's keeping at it, despite everything he's been through.
0: He's he's um, the dude. Yeah. It's it, it's you're like the stranger talking about the dude. It's uh you know, give me give me some comfort to know that there's uh you know, a little Lebowski on the way. Um Yeah. And you know it, I, you just, Yeah, I
1: think you've I think you hit the nail on the head. I am I dig, Sam I am Sam. A
0: digger style about- dude. Yeah. You gotta really gotta use so many darn curse words. <laughs> <laughs>
1: you have to use so many curse words.
0: I, um, I got,
1: I guess, really got just, if you're looking for someone to just make sense of it. For one, just.
0: Well, and it's to that amazing
1: point, his special I, I, was yeah. perfect
0: <laughs> Well, yeah, I mean, in, that, in his last comedy special, he's talking about the sky being on fire. And guess what? It is. Yes. <laughs> um, I, I, I he, um, he started doing like this daily, uh, like morning Instagram live thing. Um, mm-hmm. and I've been watching those, and it, it is. It's a good check in. It's just a, yeah. you know, I don't know. His whole thing about as long as it doesn't like hurt anybody else, doing whatever you can to maintain your sanity. Um, it's it's something I keep trying to remind myself.
1: Do we get any responses to our call for hacks or what, what we're doing to keep No, not
0: that there? not that I've seen. That's interesting to, you know, we keep throwing these out there into the void and you know, as I was talking to you earlier this week about um looking at at um you know, how many times we've been listened to and 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 all of that and we've had you know, lifetime we're well over ten thousand downloads and plays and which is pretty good for our little show, I think. But for some reason mm-hmm. uh, people just don't want to respond. I don't get it. I don't get what what's up fork buddies. Uh you know when when we ask you what your quarantine hacks are and and you know, we really genuinely want to hear from you. And so, so all
1: we know, there is a Facebook message group built in our honor.
0: And we don't even know about it well, I'll t- I didn't even bring that up, but i'm like f- i'm I'm fully off Facebook now, except for the business stuff, um, which I can manage through a different program, so that's fine. I have to have an account on there because um, I have to keep the Hoot and waddle pages open for now, yeah but personally. Uh, I've stopped getting any notifications. I'm not on there at all. I'm not going to post there anymore. I'm not going to read anything else that's on there anymore. Uh, it's, it's goodbye, Facebook.
1: I wish I could do that. It's not that I'm addicted. I just need it for,
0: it's just nice to clear, you know, there's right. too much noise to get rid of some of the noise is great. Um, mm-hmm. And maybe maybe eventually I'll get off of social media apps altogether. Um, You've
1: been tweeting a lot less too. I have. Been. I've noticed that. This is true. More power to you. I I try to. So um, Instagram is kind of like my new thing now, where I'm just kind of spying on people.
0: <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I. <laughs> The reason i still check in from time to time is I get, uh, you know, especially now I get concerned that I'm becoming too reclusive. Um, (laughs) so it feels like I need to do a couple of things here and there to kind of, uh, stay, stay in touch. Um,
1: you picked a hell of a time to be reclusive.
0: It's, you know, it's almost like there was nothing else but to do that. Um, (laughs) for a little while, Anyway, all right, man. It, <laughs> it's, uh, it's, it's good to talk to you as always. Always. Um, just a couple of quick reminders. Uh, mask the fuck up. Yep. Uh, get out there and, and, and vote. Um, mm-hmm. You know, make sure you turn in your ballots as early as possible because, you know, it's going to be a shit show. Um and then beyond that, just make sure to take it sleazy.
1: Always. Always <laughs> take it sleazy.
0: Alright, later yeah. chili babies. Later. This has been a Hoot Waddle Production. If you enjoyed this podcast, why not check out one of our other fine podcasts available from Hootenwaddle.com. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or any number of podcast apps. If you'd like to support Hoot and Waddle and get access to an exclusive member only podcast, receive discounts on merch, and more, go to patreon.com forward slash Hoot